1: Sorry, Delamotte. here. This is a recent Facebook Live that we've uploaded as a podcast. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I'm so glad to be with you in this 2020. I'm just so excited to um, be starting this year. I love the fact that it's 2020, meaning clear vision I'm all about vision this, this year, and I hope that you are too. Uh, I wanted to thank everybody who has been uh, buying the book. The book is here. And if you don't have your copy yet, you can get it at from hostage to hero.com or go straight to trial guides. And speaking of trial guides, we are asking those of you who have the book that you and have read it, if you would go to trial guides and give us a review, that would be so helpful. We've already got a lot of really lovely reviews there, but that would be so helpful. And if you listen to the From Hostage to Hero podcast, if you'd also give us a review there, that would be really helpful as well. Now, if you're new to the group, Here's how this group works, From Hostage to Hero. I will be posting in here several times a week um, some topics that maybe I've talked about on the podcast and other things, and I welcome and invite you to be talking back with me about those things, um, to be talking with me and sharing your opinions and your thoughts and all the things that that you wanna discuss, this is a place to do that. And I'm doing this for you because I love trial lawyers and I love helping you um, with whatever it is that you might want help with. Okay, so, Here's a couple things that you need to keep on your radar for 2020, before we jump into the topic today. Um, The first one is that there are, we have five studios planned this year, and if you have not attended a studio, then a studio um, is where we Take you through either Wadir or opening. It's four days and it's with five other attorneys, six attorneys total. So it's a small group. You get two mock juries and you get to bring in your case and run that case through. So it's really, really great practice. A lot of people use them not just to learn my methods from Wadir opening, but as a way to prepare for trial. The February Wadir class is sold out and has been since last year. The April um, group hi Steve um, is got a few seats left. We changed that to vadir because it seemed like a lot of people wanted to be in the Wadir uh, one so we've got some space left there and then our uh, opening statement in July. then we have a couple in the fall, September and November. you can check sorrydlM.com if you want more information on those. They sell out fast. So if you want to grab a seat, <clears throat> go to sorrydlm.com and grab one of those. Another thing you wanna keep on your radar for 2020, again, before we jump into our topic today, is that I am available to work up your case one-on-one with you, but I only have, I think, five or six slots left for the entire year. So there are some five-day trial consulting slots and there are some two or three-day trial consulting slots. If you come out to Portland for the week and there is an option depending on which one you choose for me to come to you that's not always possible but if you come out to me uh, for the five days you get to cover both year and opening on your case three mock juries the week. if you want three day version, there are only a few of those left that's only year or only opening and you get two mock juries over the Three days. So, do contact us if you want to work with me one on one. I only have a handful of those three and five days available for the entire 2020. Uh, we are also going to be launching the membership that has the course for From Hostage Hero in it in the fall. We've delayed it to the fall. I apologize for that, but we wanted to give you the best experience possible. That will be a full video series that will go along with the book. There'll be live teaching, live coaching. There'll be trial workshops in there where you can bring in your case and talk about it. It's gonna be fabulous that starts in September. If you're not on our uh, email list, go to From Hostage to Hero and add yourself so you know when that's going to be available. Hey, Kyle. All right, I guess the last thing is, um, if you have questions, make sure you post them go ahead and say hi to me in the comments. That's always lovely to see who's here. And um, we're gonna be creating a free course this month. So hopefully that'll come out in February sometime. So be on the lookout for the free course um, on nonverbal intelligence. We'll be talking about that a little bit more. Thank you, Kyle, for the like. Okay, so we're gonna be talking today about how to help jurors write the ending to your client's story. So. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I talk about how there are three stories, main stories, that you tell at trial. If you have the book, you know that I talk about this. The first story is the defendant's story. So that's the first story that you tell in opening statement and that is the story of the past. That is the story that says, here's what got us here today. The defendant, although we don't use the word defendant, did this wrong thing. And that's what gets the whole thing started in terms of how, the, how, how we find ourselves in trial today. So that's the defendant's story. And that gets told at the beginning of trial. You know, if you're following my method, I do an educate the jury section before we do the story. And of course, there's all kinds of things in terms of how to, you know, prep so you can tell a great story, not within the framework of today's Facebook Live. But the point is, is that story happens first. The second story that you tell in the um, opening is the story of the plaintiff. So after you go through the educate the jury and you're telling the defendant's story about how they hurt the plaintiff, later in the opening you'll talk about the story of the present. So the defendant's story was the past, the plaintiff's story is the present story. What is the plaintiff left with today? What are they able to do or not do now? What is their day-to-day life? All right, so those are the first two stories. The story that I wanna talk about today is what I call the juror's story. Now, I didn't call it that in the book, and I kinda wanna like kill myself because (laughs) I, I wish I'd put that in the book. I called it the second plaintiff's story, but it really is the juror's story. And that story is really two stories. So let me explain what I mean by that. When you get to closing, you are going to tell the future story. So the defendant's story is the past, the plaintiff's story is the present, and this story that we're talking about today is the story of the future. Now here's how this works. I was, I was working with my small group coach, uh, coaching group this morning I was asking them, how many of you have ever had uh, those books when you were a kid that choose your own adventure? So post in the comments if you've actually had that book because I, I just, I loved those books when I was a kid. And for those of you who didn't have those books, basically the gist is this. They are these books where you read a few pages and then it says, okay, you can go in the cave now or you can go in the boat. And then depending on which one you choose, you read, you turn to a different page and you read what happens if you chose to go into the cave or you read what happens if you choose to go in the boat and there's different endings. <laughs> this my friends, is exactly the choice that you were offering the jurors in closing. You are saying this story began when the defendant did the thing. You know where the plaintiff is today, but we don't what we don't know is where the plaintiff will be In the future. And again, I'm not using the words plaintiff, so be careful. (laughs) I'm not using the word plaintiffs in in this. Oh, Jesse Wilson has joined. Now I'm going to get nervous because he is the storytelling master. If you've not been to tell the winning story with Jesse Wilson, get your ass over there because that dude is on fire when it comes to storytelling. Jesse, I love you. All right. So, this third story, which is really two stories, is the part where the jurors get to decide what is this going to look like. In the future. And, you know, I'm stealing this from Nick Rowley. Not exactly, but I know that he does this. He projects into the future because I think it's so important for you for three reasons. For three reasons. You must, in closing, clearly communicate in terms of storytelling three things. The first thing is what jurors have to decide, the second thing is who they're deciding for. And the third thing is how they're gonna make that decision. And this is where I believe a lot of things go off the rails for you because you don't know how to clearly communicate those three things. And if you do know how to communicate those three things, boy, this is really how you seal the deal in closing. So the first thing, let's go into, into those three things in depth. The first thing is what do they have to decide? think jurors really understand what it is that they're having to decide. To most jurors, the decision that's put in front of them, especially in the way that you all are doing this or in the way that they've come out of this, is that they have to decide for this team, team A or team B. It's who wins the argument. That is not what they have to decide. Here's what they have to decide are they going to help or are they not? That is what they have to decide. And when you pose that question to them, will you help or will you choose not to help? That's a very different question than will you vote for me or will you vote for them? Because that is a popularity contest and we're so easily pulled into that because we think that's what it takes to win trial. It doesn't. Jurors want to do the right thing. Jurors want to make the right decision, but they cannot make a decision if they don't understand what the hell it is they're trying to decide. What they're trying to decide is, am I gonna help or am I not? The rest is details. The rest is details of how much that help they're gonna do, what that help looks like, what that help goes for, those are all very important things, but it's are they going to help? That's the first thing, that's the what. The how is who they're helping. I mean, this ties into the what, in that so often it gets framed as vote for me versus vote for them, right? (laughs) When it's not about either one of you, it's about the plaintiff. You have to make it about your client. That's who they're helping. And this is where it gets really sticky because jurors resent or resist wanting to help lawyers. As horrible as it is, and I so apologize for it, they don't want to help you in many cases. Sometimes they do when you've won them over, and that's great when that happens. But what they really want to do is help the client, and more importantly, what they want to do is help themselves. Hey, Jim, thanks for joining. That's what you have to clearly communicate in closing as well in this story is not just that the question they have to answer is do they want to help, but who are they helping again? You have to remove yourself from the equation so often I hear from you whether it's Wadir or air or whatever i'm so nervous i'm so this i don't know i don't know how to follow up i don 't know what and I keep trying to say, this is not about you. it is never about you, like in Wadir, if you get to the point where like thinking so much about you and you being in the spotlight, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and the same thing, and I know Jesse would agree with me, he's here today, that if the story is feeling like you, is, you're doing it wrong. It's gotta be about your client. Yes, you step into your client's shoes. Yes, you embody their experience. You do everything you can with all the storytelling techniques that you learn from Jesse and from me and all the other people out there that are helping. But it's not about you. And what you're not asking jurors to do is to find for you. You're not even asking them to give you a verdict. Sometimes we use that language. And I, I ask you to give us a verdict. No, I ask you to help. Will you help or not? That's what we're here to do. We're asking you to do the right thing, not a verdict. Not, I mean, that's the result, right? That's, not, that, that's the name of this, help. But the thing we're asking them to do is to help. Will they be on the right side? Will they stand up and be heroes? By the way, I just started reading and I, I on purpose didn't read Carl Bettinger's 12 um, heroes, one voice when I was writing my book because I didn't want any other voices in my head, but I just read it and oh, it's good. It's good. I don't agree with everything in there. I don't think I agree with every, I don't think anyone agrees with anyone else totally 100%, but boy, with some good storytelling stuff in there. It's good. It's good. So I highly recommend that as we're talking about heroism and storytelling and whatnot. So what do they have to decide? Are they going to help or not? And who are they helping? That is the, the, your client, not you. So closing is not about you. Do not make it about who wins and who loses. It's firmly focused on the client and their story, which brings us to the third thing, how to make that decision. And that's where these two stories come in. So you're going to have to do a couple things in closing and if you have the book, you know I go into this in depth, but in my mind there are three things that you do throughout trial that is teach Storytell and deal with resistance. You do that from wadir all The way to closing in wadir, you're doing it in a variety of ways in opening you're doing it in a variety of ways Your witnesses are doing it in a variety of ways and here in closing, which is what we're talking about this story You're doing the same thing for example, where are you teaching in closing? When you go over the jury instructions. And if you're not going over the jury instructions, we have a big problem right away. Those things, talk about legalese. I mean, they are incomprehensible. Now, that's not the point of today's Facebook Live, but they are. it's important that you teach. That's the teaching part, okay? The dealing with resistance is where you teach the jurors how to argue for you and your case. Hey, James. Uh, in the verdict room when you're not there. So it's that's empowering them, okay? The part we're talking about today is the storytelling part of closing, which is now where you complete the cycle. So we have the defense story, story of the defendant, the past, the story of the plaintiff, which is the, the present. Now we're gonna project into the future and we're gonna tell the jury a story of our client in the future and we're going to tell two stories the first story we're going to tell is what happens if this person does get help from the jury this is the choose your own adventure part so we're saying should you choose to help this is what it's going to look like and we project and you say well i have questions all the time well how far do i project we'll find a pivotal moment right so i have a a case right now where there's a a young child who went under surgery at a children's hospital, and because of the venting system and whatnot, there was um, bacteria and viruses and all kinds of nasty things, uh, mold actually, that got into his body and has destroyed him from the inside out. So in that case, we haven't decided yet, but we may project to graduation or when his friends would be graduating some pivotal moment that may be different if you have you know a 20 year old that's been hurt or a six year old but what would be the pivotal moment that was forever changed for this person for example if you have a situation where you have a husband that has been severely injured and one of the things that the defense is saying or hinting, and knowing that we know what we know about the defense, um, is that you know the wife can take care of them. And that's always a, a, an issue in these cases, isn't it? It's like, is that what we sign up for? We get married, You know, sicknesses and, and in health. So why are you asking for money? Why shouldn't the wife be taking care of the husband? Or vice versa. You're gonna wanna project into the future and the story that you're gonna tell there is a, a story of where the wife has passed on from a car crash or age or whatever? What happens if she's no longer part of the equation? Okay? So the two stories you're telling are the story of the jury helping and you're also telling the story of the jury who chooses not to help. Because what you have to do is clearly communicate to the jury you have a choose your own adventure situation. Which one do you want to see because this is the jury story now they get to decide how to write the ending i mean nobody likes a story with no ending a cliffhanger and that's what trial is isn't it right until the moment that they go into the verdict room we've got a cliffhanger it's like we're waiting for for the season two to start when they come back out and they get to go back there and write that season and all the seasons ahead of time that's cobblestone good ass analogies right now feel free to use this in closing but that's what they're doing but until you can communicate that and until you really understand what it is you're asking them to do which is to help and then clearly communicate what help looks like and what help not helping looks like and that's where really good storytelling comes in because you know I was just teaching storytelling this is our month for storytelling and um my small group coaching, my nine people that have come together for six months. So this month we're taught storytelling. And I said, there's such a big difference between standing and telling the story it is now January 15th. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon and a woman is walking down the street. I mean, that's just, that's not storytelling. I mean, what's coming out of your mouth sounds kind of story-ish, but that's not storytelling. We're talking about, you know, it's, we're in a room, thinking of Eric Penn's case, which I know Jesse worked on too, and it's about, it's about the size of this room, and we've got about 20 to 30 men, some women, sitting there in a training, learning how to become truck drivers. This is his big Werner trucking case. And he really set the scene, but look how he's using gestures. And an instructor walks in, and then he becomes the instructor, right? And here's what he writes on the board about how to drive in icy conditions. And boom, we're on our way. So this isn't the Facebook Live on how to tell a story. Again, visit Jesse. Um, Come to one of my opening seminars. There's lots of ways to get better at storytelling. The point is, is that you have to be clear about the types of stories you're telling. And the most important story in my mind, once you get through the defense, you know, what the defendant did, is to really project and really communicate to jurors this power of the story is in your hands now you it can be this or it can be this which one it's not i can win or he or she can win because that's a bullshit. nobody gives a fuck of you winning or anybody winning they care about these bigger principled issues and that is the point that you have to to bring forward Uh, in trial, especially in closing. So I say there are three stories. There's really four because that juror story is two times, two times. You're going to do one where they help and one where they don't. And that, my friends, is what I have for you today. Are there any questions? I don't see any questions or anyone saying hi or anything down there. I'm feeling very lonely over here. Um, I'm glad for those of you who have joined us today. Again, If you have gotten your book, if you haven't gotten your book, go to FromHostageToHero.com and get it. Geez. If you've loved it, even if you haven't loved it, I would love a review. I want to know what you think. So go to trialguides.com, review the book for me and, um, let me know, uh, what you think of the podcast too. You can go to, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and review us there. We're, we've got some big goals this year and we're going to grow this from hostage to hero. I, I'm here for you guys. Everything I do, everything I'm reading and gals, I have a bad habit of saying guys, um, is for this group and bringing this information to you in a way that is usable and practical and makes it so you can bring this stuff to trial that's what i'm all about is for y'all Okay, well, if I don't have any questions, um, I just want to say Happy New Year to you again. And um, make sure you get a spot in one of our studio classes this year. They are going fast, one already sold out. Um, And if you need some one-on-one, give us a a ring. You can contact Christy at christy at sorrydlm.com for one-on-one questions. Look for the free course here in the next month or so, and then we're pushing that membership slash course to the fall if you're not on our list. Make sure you go to, from Hostage to hero.com and add yourself there. Okay, my friends, lovely being with you.
0: That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero, but head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.